sounds like TikTok. I love that song. All right. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to uh, the next episode of Kayvon and Friends podcast. Uh, I just made that up right now. Um, we have a, a special, unique, interesting guest tonight. Uh, they go by the name Mr. X. Uh, Mr. X is a leader in, in, in its field, uh, <laughs> whatever that field may be. But yes, definitely a world-renowned Mr. X has come uh, and joined us today. Please say hello. Hello. Thank you for having me. Uh, it is an, uh, a, a, a real pleasure and honor to have you, uh, to have such a uh, dignified guest on my podcast, especially just for the second episode that we're, we're uh, doing right now. So thank you so much. Uh, Mr. X, uh, what is the topic that we, uh, that we want to talk about tonight? Well, you know, I, I, I like to um, talk about a lot of different topics. I, I like to kind of move from point A to point B to point Z and back to A. But I think tonight we're going to focus primarily on music. Uh, uh, music yeah music is i mean i think everyone kind of resonates with it and i think you and i have a lot of perspectives on music and we have good taste i hope so especially you my friend from from what i've experienced in my life you have a superb quality taste the finest of tastes uh let me let me start this off with a real base question for you when was the first time in your life that you really started to turn to music to as as sort of like a i don't want to use the word crutch but you know just really start to appreciate it and and find that love for music around how old were you that's a great question i uh i think it would have to be late in high school, actually, to be honest, I think grade 10, 11, 12 was kind of when I started discovering music. It's funny because like before that, I had zero interest in music whatsoever, like absolutely zero. Um, like I'll never forget this in, in elementary school. I think it was back in grade four or five. We had to work on this. Um, I don't know if you ever had music class in elementary, but uh, yes, I played the recorder horribly. Yeah, we all did. That's an awful. I learned Mary had a little lamb, and I still know it. Why? Why do? Why do schools make students play recorders? Like, what is that? I don't know. There's no future in it. Like, it's just odd. You know, it just makes a like you have to perfectly position that thing to to get a moderately okay sounding sound. Mm-hmm. And then, like ninety eight percent of the time, it's just awful. I don't understand. Anyways, can you can you name one professional recorder player that's ever lived? <laughs> It just seems like a toy. I don't even think it's an instrument. It 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 it, it really is. Like if you were to look at the instrument, I don't know. If you were to look in the in the in in the encyclopedia of, of musical instruments, I don't think a recorder would actually be in it. Probably not. Anyway, so what I was saying is that back in grade four or five, we had to work on this project where we had to pick our favorite band or artist and, and do a poster. Um, and at that time I didn't listen to any music, so I had no idea what to do. Um, and at that time, the most popular song on the radio was Barbie girl. By oh Aqua. yeah. Good times. And I just, I went with Aqua as my favorite band and mm-hmm. I knew nothing about them. And basically the entire poster was about Barbie boy or Barbie, Barbie girl. And Barbie boy. Bar- <laughs> or Barbie boy. Yeah. I think I was Barbie boy at the time. I was Ken basically. Um, <laughs> Cyrus, so it was yeah. yeah. Why not? So eventually, eventually, oh, oh. Barbie and Ken, I get it. Yeah, yeah. Eventually, I got to a point where I appreciated music, and it was it was towards um, high school, kind of grade nine, ten, around that time. 
So that's interesting that you mentioned Barbie Girl because, funny enough, um, back in the day when people would buy CDs, <laughs> I don't know, maybe maybe some people still do. Um, I, my, the fir- I remember the first CD I ever bought. I was in Kelowna visiting some relatives up there, and we were in some department store, and there was some bin of CDs, mm-hmm. and I was just you know killing time waiting until people were done their shopping because I had no interest in being where I was. And I looked through this uh, this bargain bin, if you will, and right. I found uh, a, a, a CD in there titled Aqua, and I was not sure what this was, but then I realized it was that famous Barbie Girl song that you just mentioned <laughs> was all over the radio, and that ended up being my first CD purchase. Now, it wasn't the first CD I owned because I remember several years before that in a birthday party, I was given an Alanis Morissette CD back when she was popping um, mm. from one of my school friends, but the first one I actually spent my own cold, uh, what is it called, hard-earned cash on, uh-huh. which I'm sure I took the $5 from my parents. Um, <laughs> not took, like it was, you know, requested, uh, betrothed, if, if you will. Um, and that's I, that was the first CD I remember buying, and, and wow. maybe one of the one of the only the few, actually, to be honest. Uh, downloading came soon after that. But anyways, uh, yeah, so... So yeah, I think around. So you mentioned your your you were about fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, late high school age. I I feel yeah. like I was around the same time, maybe fourteen. Mm. I, I again, music was just not not something that I ever thought about. There was sports, there was movies, there was you know things like that. There was playing games. Video games were huge back then for me. Board games yeah. were big, uh, and then music never really touched me until. Until I don't know. I guess maybe your your brain starts to develop different needs and desires, and music f- I think f- definitely fills one of those needs emotionally and whatnot. So yeah, I, I think I'm in the same boat as you, around the same age. Um, and then uh, what about what about uh, music genres? Like, what did you maybe start out liking, and then what have you maybe grown into a little bit more? I think as we get older, we probably our taste change or develop or amplify. So, what has been the, sort of your um, I don't know. I guess your 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 story arc in terms of music interests. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I started primarily within the realm of hip hop, um, and I think that's just a, that was just a product of kind of what my friends were listening to at the time. And you know, where were you growing up at the time? By the way, during this, sorry, where were you growing up at the time that you were surrounded by such hip hoppers? This <laughs> this wasn't the. Um, the <laughs> The uh, the the very grimy um, hardcore streets of uh, Southside Coquitlam. Southside Coquitlam. <laughs> Absolutely, it's a very roughneck area. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. A lot of people that uh, you know, we, we 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 tend to think of ourselves as individuals that punch above our weight class and <laughs> manifest itself in different ways. Uh, music being one of them. So, yeah. yeah, so a lot of hip hop um, growing up, that was kind of, that's kind of been like the consistent genre for me throughout the years. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, e- even today, like the majority of what I listen to is hip hop, but obviously there's a lot of different streams of hip hop now. Um, it's not as one dimensional as it was before. So you're seeing a lot of different styles within hip hop and subgenres. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, when, when, I mean, a lot of people say they listen to a lot of different things and uh, I know it's a cliche, but I think I'm very similar in that regard. It's very eclectic, uh, the things I listen to. 
Um, I do feel that's that's actually correct because I've noticed over the last few years you've built up a propensity for jazz music. I love uh, jazz. And I've, I I, jazz. I, I've never really gotten into that. I've even sat down at some live jazz shows and concerts both in South America and, and here back when the time when I was living there in Chile for a while. I remember I went to some club de jazz as they called them. Um, right. And and you'd sit there and you'd hear a lot of noise, you know, coming from different directions. But I think, I think maybe I appreciate the, um, the really produced, you know, the, the high quality sounds. And I don't, I don't really get the, not, not that jazz is low quality. Don't get me wrong. What I'm trying to say is I think jazz is more about the emotion behind the song, like the actual notes and the tones and the freestyle sort of rhythms. And I don't think I've developed the the appreciation for that type of uh, malarkey quite yet in my life. So maybe, maybe one day I was going to say all that jazz, but it would have been a little bit too on the nose there. So <laughs> a little bit compounded there, um, but yeah, so that's cool. And then um, let maybe maybe I can ask you: what, Do you remember what your first concert was? Your musical concert? Wow, uh, great question. Let me think. Um... While you're thinking, let me touch on. Let me answer that hip hop thing you're talking about earlier. I grew up in a very similar realm. I grew up in the in the ghetto of of North Delta. Uh, it's actually a very very nice place, nice area. It's a very friendly, nice friendly people, yeah. um, industri- industrious folks. Um, so I actually, I think my first musical passion actually ended up being R&B. And I think through rhythm and blues, as the old timers call it, mm. I, I, I did from there blend into other genres such as hip hop, such as even reggae, dance hall, uh, in, into those sort of categories. And then from there as well into a little bit of, you know, a little bit of electronic, you know, just, just, just a touch, not too, too much. And uh, obviously not things like dubstep, which is a little bit too intense and rickety. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, anything, but it's, it's like anyone says anything but country type type situation. I think I was I was OK with. So I did also grow up in the urban, quote unquote, uh, field. And I think I felt a lot of uh, a lot of connection with that with that community, with the urban urban music community. And, and it was really uh, influential in in how I grew up but I think R&B was definitely that first step for me so I probably yeah. had a little bit of a lighter introduction to it as opposed to your uh, harder gang banging ways but <laughs> I definitely had a had my had my fix with that as well yeah yeah exactly yeah I mean it was um yeah my first concert now actually I remember now it was uh <laughs> which is it fits the theme perfectly with Snoop Dogg actually Oh, ain't nothing but a G thing, baby. Yeah, exactly. And it was, um, it was an interesting scene. Uh, the concert itself, the venue was uh, at Pacific Coliseum mm-hmm. in, in Vancouver. Very old venue, very old uh, facility. Um, yeah, the entire evening there was just a, a haze of of smoke that. Um, really restricted your vision to be honest we were kind of uh, i guess i guess the smoke machines were on high on that evening absolutely the fog machines were definitely on full. see what i did there on a high <laughs> well done I'm surprised yeah. you had sharp past midnight well, dude this is my prime this is my prime oh by the way i forgot to mention this is a midnight hour with mr x after hours baby after hours after hours with x absolutely. x gonna give it to you ah yeah exactly this is not yeah the mr x is not a reference to dmx or no not at all where are my hapus at yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah definitely not but i mean you know the thing i love about music is that 
for me at least, I mean, kind of going back to the whole jazz thing, like music. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Tell me more about this Snoop Dogg concert. I don't want to. I don't want to get too far away from the. Tell me, tell me how you felt. Tell me, tell me what your feelings were stepping into such a grand. Because I mean, even for you at that age, the the Pacific Coliseum must have still been quite a large. Uh, uh, venue to to be uh, participating in in that thing, and what what was the vibe of that type of concert? What feelings and emotions did you have, maybe while you were there, maybe afterwards? If you can touch on that a tiny bit before yeah. we move on. No, for sure. I mean, to be honest, I I didn't enjoy it. It, it was not a pleasant experience for me. I mean, hmm. that it was again, it was very it was very grand. It was very large. Our seats weren't that great. The entire arena was. You know, there was a lot of, um, as we alluded to, there's a lot of haze, a lot of, yeah. and, you know, as a 16 year old kid or 15 year old, whatever, whatever I was, um, you know, even going home, I was just weary of the fact that my, my clothes emitted a certain odor. Mm. And, uh, I was afraid of the repercussions. Obviously I didn't smoke anything or do anything of that sort. Um, never have never only was. secondhand, I would assume. Secondhand, oh, absolutely! It was just so it just permeated the entire, not just the arena, but the entire block. That wow. uh, it was a very potent smell, and you know, just going home, I was I was just concerned about you know what if my mom smells something and has questions for me. So all in all, it wasn't a great experience to be honest. Um, it was cool. Um, it's a shame, but. Yeah, I, I definitely wouldn't say it was one of my more memorable uh, concerts that I've been to. And you said you were around uh, that same age, that same 16? Yeah, like 15, 16, 17, around that age, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't get to my first concert till I think my mid-20s, or at least early 20s. Wow. Um, I remember it was Akon and Rihanna. Rihanna was the uh, opener, and Akon was the main event. Wow. Uh, I, I even remember that I had, I had been at Winners, who uh, we both, I think, have a love for, maybe myself a little bit more. <laughs> maybe yours were maybe a few years ago, from what I remember. I'm sure you've moved on to more eloquent tastes, but wow. I remember I found this, uh, this, this rain jacket that said Senegal on the back with a big map of Africa and I thought I would uh, wear that knowing I had this concert coming up uh, to represent Akon's Senegalese descent and it actually said Senegal on it so I was pretty proud I wore that and uh, I had spent $60 on that <laughs> on that jacket thing and I think I had only worn it twice because it was way too big for me it was probably an XL and I was a uh, small to medium at the time so I didn't have a lot of opportunities to wear a Senegal uh, thing. But yeah, I went there. I remember I enjoyed all of Akon's songs. This was back when Akon only had his first album. Mm-hmm. I think it was called, uh, it was called Trouble? Journey? Yeah. yeah, Something like that. It had basically had Locked Up. It had Ghetto. Yeah. You know, the original the original uh, great songs of, of Akon. And yeah. Rihanna was just starting out. And I remember vividly that she wore a garbage bag the whole night or what appeared to be a garbage bag type of dress. And it was it was quite humorous. Um, she still sounded good, but I think she was still she just starting out at some things. So she probably still uh, looked amazing. Let's let's be honest here. I was pretty far, but I'm sure she looked fine, even in a garbage bag. Uh, but yeah, I think even in that event, I think I think you can be overwhelmed by not only the number of people, the sounds, the smells, the sights, the lights. Um, that kind of thing. So I think overall, I had a pretty good experience. I also went with a couple of good friends of mine, so I think that yeah. was really cool. Um, but yeah, after that, I think after that, 
one concert i didn't really go to any large concert venues i i kind of stuck to the more intimate uh type type venues after that uh more so and I, again i never i can't claim that i've been to a lot of concerts maybe four three or four my whole life uh maybe five i don't know That's not, not a whole lot i know you and your your oh. sister in particular go to about three or four a year or <laughs> or used to so i think yeah. that's kind of why i think it was cool to have have this music perspective um where were we anyways in the dialogue i've lost track a little bit i'm not being a good host right now concerts, um where i got my kind of love and affinity for music Right. And then we were talking about sort of the timeline and growth yeah. and into what else you've sort of expanded into your music tastes. Exactly. And you know, it's pretty, it's pretty broad right now. We talked about jazz a bit. Yeah. All that jazz. You got to give jazz a bit. I mean, you got to give it a shake. I mean, it's, it's fantastic. Do I have to give it a shake, rattle and roll or, or just, just a shake? shake. Just shake, a shake. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Right. Uh, well, if if for the listeners out there, for the multitudes that are that are listening in right now, um, to this not live stream, uh, what's one song that maybe will help people be the bridge? Let's say be the California roll transition song that someone will be able to start appreciating jazz. What's what's one or two, maybe even just one song you can think of that mm-hmm. will be that palate cleanser for somebody to just jump in and be like, hey, this ain't so bad, or I can I can. I can f's with this a little bit. <laughs> there's there's plenty. So the the one jazz uh, artist that I always recommend uh, is an individual by the name of Christian Scott, and he is um, a jazz uh, artist out of New Orleans, and he is, in my estimation, one of the most talented artists. Not just jazz artists, just artists in general. Uh, really absolutely i've seen him live and he's just incredible he definitely transcends um his work transcends music and it he he conveys a lot of emotion and feeling and sentiment in his in his work and the one song that i recommend from him is is a song called isadora 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 yes it's about a girl it's about his his wife who is actually his ex-wife now oh at the time when they were married, he Issa went out the door. Yeah, exactly. Unfortunately, the uh, it's not a happy ending, but um, it's it's a fantastic song. Uh, irrespective of the outcome, it's it's a fantastic song. What I've learned in life is that not everything requires a happy ending. Exactly. I'll just leave that there. Absolutely. <laughs> Give that a whirl. Give it a whirl, and uh, let me know what you guys think. Sure. So uh, Isadora by what's his face? Scott. Great Scott. Uh, what, something Scott. Scott. What? Christian Scott. Christian Scott. Okay. So uh, Scott of the Christ variety. Absolutely. Just so you all remember that. It's a little, little uh, play on words. What's a, what are those things that you call the, for like a memory aid? I think it's just a memory aid. A memory aid. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A memory okay. aid. Yeah. Wonderful. Um, now let's see. So talking about music, music is our topic, right, Mister X? That's right. All right. Well, what I'm thinking is right now, 2020, April 5th. Yes. What are what's a song that you're jamming to these days? That's that's on your playlist several times a day, regular listens to, and uh, and tell me why that is. 
Well, I mean, lately, all I've been really listening to is... Um... Say it. Do it. <laughs> you know. Yeah. You know. Obscure artists that you may or may not have heard of. Uh, oh. The weekend. Oh, yes. He's the one that comes after Friday. Absolutely. Yes. Ah, yes. I've, I've heard of this gentleman. He's in fact... Right. In fact, I think I attended one of those concerts that I mentioned earlier that, that limited yes. my life is, is I attended that uh, not with you, but at the same time as you. Yeah, uh, we, we were there concurrently. Yes, <laughs> I was on the floor. Uh, you were a little bit above. Uh, and, and my friend, we were both floored by that performance, were we not? Absolutely. Now, that was definitely one of those instances where you could say that the haze blocked some of the some of the uh, some of the visuals, um, but I think I think there because it was I mean from above I could kind of see it sitting, but it wasn't as bad probably as a Snoop Dogg concert, no, and no. and it definitely wasn't as bad as the uh, outdoor Nas concert I went to uh, in Whistler a few years back. Uh, that was actually probably one of my favorite um, uh, concerts. Nas uh, has always been one of my top. Uh, artists uh, of all time and, and i think it was a, it was it was a great pleasure to be able to see him uh it was a small ish concert maybe about 100 people outside in this in this uh plaza it was cold um but it was really fun to see him really do his thing and in even i mean maybe let's say let's that was six seven years ago even at that age what he was probably like 40 something in his 40s wow. does not miss a beat this this guy is a legend lyrically musically uh, I remember actually funny. It's funny when I was sorry to, to go on a tangent, but uh, I remember in my late teens, early twenties, I I I liked Nas. I thought he had the potential, but I was more into his po- uh, more popular songs, right. and I always thought that his his classics, if you will, it was the music that everyone else appreciated, just didn't have the beat that I loved. That I was right. always a beat guy, like a beats melody, yeah. like more about that rather than lyrical. Once I once I started to think more about lyrics and focus more about lyrics, uh, I started to really appreciate how Nas can really tell stories and weave weave words into into visuals as he's speaking them. Like I haven't I haven't encountered anyone else be able to poetically bring words to life and and have you literally visualize it as if you're reading a book and have your mind go creatively and all that stuff. Yeah. I think Nas really does that and does that better than anyone I've encountered. So I think going to his concert really was was really a was really a nice sort of uh, thing for me, especially since I don't do that many concerts. Um, so that was that was a really cool experience for me. Yeah, that's great. He's he's definitely my all time favorite rapper for sure. Oh, I did not know that. I mean, I think, yeah. I mean, if I if I were to pick, dead or alive, or just alive? No, dead or alive. Oh, D O A. Like Illmatic, his first album is just next level. It's unbelievable. Like top to bottom, it's one of the the, the just the most solid albums ever. And yeah, I, I mean, I think I've liked all of his albums, and and what's what's cool about it is that people think okay, people think okay, maybe he's sold out or he tries to be more poppy, but I think all artists try to evolve, yeah. uh, and I think you have to evolve to survive. And I, I think if someone, if you were to make the same type of music, it wouldn't really work. And if he's trying yeah. to recreate Illmatic, also that wouldn't work. I think someone who's who's been able to do that the best actually is is another one of uh, what I believe is is your uh, favorite artist, Mister mm-hmm. uh, Mister Mr. Aubrey Graham. I think yeah. I think it goes by Duraki, if I'm not yes. mistaken. Duraki. Yeah, 
Derek. Derek. Oh yeah, I must have I must have mistyped that into the yeah. yeah so Drake, uh, who we are talking about, just in case our listeners are confused and can't, and can't figure out the sarcasm. Uh, sorry, the cats the cats are fighting in the background. I apologize. They'll get over it soon. Um, what I was gonna say is Drake uh, has managed to stay prime in the spotlight of of our of our radio listening ears for what fifteen years now. How long has he been like top? They're just top steadily. Like 10 years. Yeah. At least 10 years. Let's say 10 yeah. to 12, just, just to be kind. Yeah. Yeah. I think what he's been able to do is he's been able to figure out what's hot in that particular day and and not not necessarily ride that wave, but really help to push that wave as well. So he'll find out something new and he'll sort of change the style around just a little bit. He'll tweak himself, he'll tweak his image, he'll tweak his everything. And I think he's also one of the smartest artists out there. Yes. Not just because it rhymes. I think he's got a real keen intuition, and he's probably got a really good team around him that has helped shape his 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 musical uh, composure, I guess, and have him evolve and stay current no matter what year you're in, what decade you're in. Right. I think he's always found a way to stay relevant, and and I think there's few and far between artists that have been able to do that. I think he surpasses even the likes of Jay Z in that, and I think other people who have maybe stayed a little bit more to their, I don't know, true genuine selves and haven't evolved that much. But right. I think you've seen a, a lifetime of evolution in one person in 10 years. And I think that says a lot for the type of artist that he is. Right. Um, and yeah, I think that's something that, that a lot of people can appreciate. I actually learned a really cool fact about him. Uh, I've been watching these podcasts uh, on on YouTube lately, and I, I learned that he, when he was starting out in his musical career, was actually uh, working for Dr. Dre and in the uh, Interscope label. Oh, really? And he was actually doing a lot of writing for other artists. He was a ghostwriter when he started his career. Oh, interesting. Uh, he would write lyrics for other rappers in the in the uh, uh, what do you call it? The combine, the the aftermath combine. So all of Dr. Dre's artists had access to, to Drake and his lyrics. And there, it wasn't just Drake. It was a bunch of, there was a team, I'm sure. And apparently they were, well, the, the stories that I've heard is they would run them rigorously. Like they would work them like 12, 14 hours a day. They'd just be writing, writing, writing. And then they wouldn't ever get credit for their writing either. They'd get, get paid and the artists would, you know, get credit for writing the thing. So I always thought it was, once I learned that, I figured out how hypocritical it was that other people were blaming him. Right having a ghostwriter when really everyone in the industry probably has one and they're just claiming not to, to, to maybe not everyone, but you know, maybe most right. of them, if they're not, because I mean, he came from the whole, um, I mean, I don't want to say he came from pop, but he was definitely more pop than, than other hip hop people before. And I think yeah. in the pop music's field, no one really writes their own music. Britney Spears never wrote a damn song. Yeah. <laughs> she probably doesn't write any of her own music. So it's like, where does that line cut off? And he also, I think earlier on in his career did a lot more R&B, a lot more singing, and then the hip-hop became a little bit more prevalent as it went further along. So I think yeah. people cl trying to classify him as one thing, and then, you know, it was, it was all just really, it's all just really funny how people put up fronts and things. But yeah, uh, I, I, I started talking way too much at the end there. Sorry about that. Yeah, no, that's great. I mean, like, I, I can talk about Drake for, for forever. I mean, he's one of my favorite artists, as you alluded to. The thing with Drake is, I mean, whenever you're at the top, people are going to come at you, right? People are always going to come and, and try to undermine your, your success. Um, you know, the one thing I love about Drake is, as you kind of mentioned, he, he's constantly reinventing himself, right? And he's mm -hmm. kind of where the trends are, where the industry is shifting, and he, he adapts and molds to it. 
And, you know, people always say, oh, you know, why can't Drake just drop another Take Care? Or why can't he do another So Far Gone? What, what, what you have to recognize is that artists, their, their work is a reflection of where they are in their lives at that current at that current definitely, time, definitely. right? So for Drake, you know, when he when he dropped So Far Gone or Take Care, that was a portrayal, a manifestation of what his life was at that point, right? And as people evolve, as people do, naturally your work and your 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 craft is going to also evolve, right? So he, I mean, it's unfair for people to say, you know, why can't he go back to what he was before, right? And and it's the same argument with The Weekend as well, too. Like, why can't he go back to his House of Balloon days, his, the trilogy days? Well, he's not that person anymore. He's not mm-hmm. that individual who is basically homeless and is sleeping from couch to couch, right? He is a icon uh, in the music industry, right? And his music and his music ultimately reflects that, right? So, hundred uh, percent. So I don't think, like, again, this, this whole notion of, like, artists selling out, I, I don't really give too much credence to it just because, you know, most artists do evolve. And if you're not evolving, if you're not changing your style or, or, or the, the sounds that you experiment with, um, you're not really growing as an artist, right? So, again, I, I say this all kind of from an outsider perspective. I'm not in the music industry, but I, I, as, as you know, I listen to music a lot, so I think I have some level of um perspective on this matter so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. music is definitely a passion for you it runs deep in your blood i can i can tell i've always been able to tell that um wait i was gonna say two things first to touch on the drake thing that we were just finishing up the conversation with another thing that's been really cool about drake is that he's been he's found a way uh to stay authentic even in in situations where he may not be it may not be his his primary comfort level. I think, for example, like um, connecting with the the southern U.S., uh, where whereas he's a Canadian, uh, just like we are, he he's been able to connect with like his folks in Houston and other places where that he's really sort of set like a a second home sort of for himself there and found found sort of like a niche in there. What I was gonna say about Drake that's interesting is that when he'll he'll when he releases a studio album. Uh, after that or before that he'll always have a mixtape that he'll sort of send out into the world and see like what hits what doesn't hit and he's yeah. got a, and he uses that um as sort of like a as a gauge of what the music industry is like at the time or what fans are looking for at that time and right. he'll and he'll then maybe focus his next album more on the, the hits that made it from the mixtape or he'll put some of the mixtape songs on there maybe sometimes as a, as a treat or he'll just put out singles i think i think he's one of the first artists a few years ago to just be like why even worry about whole albums when everything is about streaming these days right yeah. you put out a single here and then it, it hits it's a it's a kiki challenge it's a this it's a that yeah. Uh, and then he puts out singles because singles really is where the money is. It's all about streaming numbers. It's about YouTube views, and and I think he understood that early. And now everyone else is is sort of riding that same, that same rhythm. Yeah. And the other thing about I want to talk about about the weekend that we just brought up real quick is that his new project is is actually really interesting because I feel like the way that his album was was cut uh, was sort of put together is that I think which is very different from other artists is they'll usually have. Uh, a, a blend in the flow of their artists, so the, uh, in the flow of their of their track list, I should say. So they'll have yeah. like a like a quick like a upbeat song, then they'll have a slow one, then it'll all be by different producers. It'll be kind of random. What right. I feel like the weekend's done, and, and and something I've always appreciated about you is that you you listen to entire albums. I've I noticed that 
we always yeah. had this conversation in the past where I would download singles, the mm-hmm. ones that tickled my fancy, and I wouldn't necessarily go and, and spend the time to listen to an album from start to finish. And I think I, I missed out on a lot of opportunities to really get a, a good understanding of, of an artist uh, if I'm just listening to singles, if I'm just listening right. to, or if I'm just picking and choosing certain songs rather than hearing the entire album as as a as a, as a as an entity, as a project. Yeah. Exactly. And I think what The weekend's done in this situation where he's clearly either lost his mind or he's some sort of creative genius as, as you mentioned um he, like if you've seen some of his live performances his his first three music videos that have been released he's always wearing the same outfit yeah. it seems to be following the same storyline like literally the same story to be continued style and yeah. i think that's a really cool creative way to to, to put a story together the other thing I, I heard about in a podcast is that the way his album was done is that all the songs by the same producers are actually sequential they're actually back to back so it's like each section of the album when you listen to it has the same vibe and then all of a sudden it'll change to a different vibe, like the next four songs or the next three songs. So I think that was also a really cool, unique thing that he did to put, to kind of group them based on, on subject rather than, than, you know, the order. But I think that's a really cool method for his storytelling ability that he's been able to do. And honestly, I'm, I've never looked forward to music videos. I've never been a huge fan of music videos, but seeing what the weekend's been able to do with the genre of music videos, I, I literally can't wait for his next video to see what it's going to be like. Yeah. That third one really threw me for a loop. I didn't see that coming at all, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I think honestly, this guy has the potential to be the next Michael Jackson. I think I think if he keeps this up, he I'm could sad. do that. Minus the you know the children and stuff, but um, hopefully, <laughs> I mean, not, not on some wood. But uh, yeah, what what are your thoughts on like, like I want you because I know you can talk for hours on on both Drake and the Weekend, and, and I'm glad they both came up sort of somewhat naturally in this conversation. So, what are your thoughts on his current project? I love it. Uh, I think After Hours is, I mean, get me wrong, like it's not going to be anything like Trilogy, right? For me. And it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be, right? Like for me, I mean, I, I was a Weekend fan from day one. I I, mm-hmm. I I listened to The Weekend before people even knew what he looked like, before the right pictures yep. of him on, on the internet. I remember those days, yeah. I, I, I really, anonymity. Yeah, I really miss the days where he was my my little secret and, and no one really knew about him, right? So mm-hmm. My Little Pony. <laughs> yeah exactly so yeah i mean like nothing's ever going to compare to his first three projects um those are just unparalleled right and kind of going back to what i what i said earlier about you know artists progressing i, I think that's just a natural byproduct of a good artist is that you're always evolving and you're changing your style and your and your sound and with this project i think he's done a very good job of paying uh paying homage to what he's done in the past but also mm-hmm. in some of that new sound and his new direction so you know there's a lot of 80s influence in this in this in this project which i really like because especially I, in the singles so far yeah especially on the singles and i think uh again that really aligns with with mj the mj influence and why why i think he will he'll he'll, he'll never he'll never get to the to mj's level like no one will ever get to mj's level just because no of, it was so unprecedented um but he is in my estimation the closest that anyone could possibly get in terms of just vocal uh, ability and talent and the way he composes his songs and um even the music videos uh which are very graphic sometimes and very visually and aesthetically pleasing he's very good at that um but hey i mean yeah this this project is fantastic and shout out to abel like he just 
and he really gave us a fantastic quarantine playlist. I mean, when you go through the track list, it's actually one of the saddest track lists ever. I mean, the first song on the project is called Alone Again. Uh, The last song, that's why I bleed out, right? So very dark, very sad, very quarantine-esque, but... uh, Because he broke up with his model girlfriend, right? Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Yeah, tough life. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I'm glad he and I'm, and I'm glad he didn't push back the release date because there was he had some hesitations about releasing it. Uh, yeah, I felt that it might have been insensitive um, to release it, but and I think his his record label was also pressuring him not to out of fear for uh, the numbers not being there. Mm-hmm. But, well, he uh, proved them wrong for sure. Everything. Yeah, he's crushing all the number albums. one all over the place. For everything, like number one album, number one single. Uh, I think people are craving for content these days while they're stuck at home. Totally. I'm surprised all these movies are pushing back their release dates and not just you know selling selling to Netflix or or some yeah. streaming service because it's really what they need to do. Or even I'm surprised that a company like Cineplex hasn't started a streaming service to be able to do that. That seems like it would be the natural progression for them in a time like this to, to pivot to this. But I guess they weren't ready. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm really choked about James Bond. I, I really, I, I know it's not within the realm of music. It's not it's not within yeah. the topic, but I I was really. But always a good soundtrack, my friend. Always a good soundtrack. Yeah, that's true. I had one last question about the weekend. Actually, not even just the weekend, but about musicians in general. There's an old saying that that drugs and drug use uh, often can positively impact an, an artist and and in in sort of like their creative mold what is your opinion on on the i know this is a very serious question to end on but what is your opinion on like drugs and how they influence you know rock stars musicians like what 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 role if any do drugs have in that situation and are they the actual reason or or is it something maybe something else that that plays into it i mean i would hope it's something else and i think people have the latent capacity to produce um you know produce art without having to rely on that um i think it does um, i mean it does represent a big role in songwriting and, and and composing music um whether it's in the realm of developing subject matter for for songs or with whether it's with respect to the actual process of recording a song um I think with the weekend, uh, I think he had a lot of his initial projects were kind of uh, the narrative focused on his experience on drugs. Now, obviously, while I don't agree with that, while I don't agree with him living a life that's infused with that, um, I. But that was just his genuine. That was just his genuine story. I think that's what maybe. Yeah, and I commend him for himself. Being- to, yeah, and I commend him for being able to craft a narrative. Ah, able, nice, right? <laughs> so, but I mean, if if he's the type of guy that needs to be high, for example, to record a song, I personally, I don't like that. I really don't like that, and I think you're almost—it's a disservice to yourself as an individual to have to rely on that. It seems like a crutch, I think, right? Exactly, exactly. And I know a lot of artists do that, right? Uh, especially in the hip-hop realm, they'll get high before they go into the studio. 
even rock stars from the 60s, stars. 70s, 80s, they were just on heroin all the time. Like it, it wasn't, it wasn't a pretty sight by any means. I think like, like another. Sorry, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, well, like one, one final thing I wanted to say was that also like you're effectively reducing your your career length, right, by doing that, right? Because it's going to mm-hmm. have term impacts on your health, right? So it's almost detrimental for your own trajectory and also for the amount of time, like the amount of work that you can produce and, and release to the world. So anyways, that, those are my thoughts. I, I think, I think you can do without it, but it is a facet of these people's lives. So. And then the other part of it is on the listener's end. So apparently with all this music that's happening now, that seems to be, I mean, there's trap and there's other things uh, that are a little bit more repetitive and they're kind of like, it's the same, like, for example, even a song like Panda, where they repeat the word Panda about 400,000 times in the same song. What I've what I've understood about music culture and, and young people these days is that it's really a lot to do with recreational drugs and even prescription drugs and and just sort of taking these substances and just sitting back and listening to these repetitive songs because i think to, to a person of normal mind of, of sound mind i yeah. think it, it can be frustrating it can be annoying that oh my god why are they just saying the same thing why did they spend three seconds on the lyrics to the song like or, or like the mumble rap which doesn't really i don't know i mean to some it makes sense to some it sounds fun to some it's a little bit frustrating but i feel yeah. i feel like people who are really into these types of things are just the ones who are not just but primarily are the ones who are uh are sort of under the influence while even listening to it, and I think that may that may add to their to their listening experience. It's 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 all a very weird yeah. spectrum how music and drugs have have for a long time been linked, and yeah. it's a weird little dichotomy or it's a weird little partnership that they have. And mm-hmm. I don't know if they are dependent on each other as much as they claim, or it's just uh, like I said, like it's just a crutch. I mean, it's it's dependent as long as people don't question it. You know, yeah. The fact that you and I are kind of questioning it and saying that, hey, maybe you don't actually need it uh, to consume. Like I've never obviously uh, been high in my life, and I don't think I would ever have to be high to enjoy a song. There's just no. no. Um, I think that defeats the purpose of the song, right? And yeah, like, and also like to the whole point about you know, some songs are just dumb lyrically. And like a lot of people say, oh, well, you know, you're not really extracting a lot of meaning or, or value from a song. Again, my rebuttal to that is that, you know, with music, oftentimes, if I'm, I'm there for the melody. Mm-hmm. For you, a lot of the times I'm there for the melody and there for the sounds. I'm, I'm there for kind of the emotions that it evokes. If I want to extract value or deep, uh, some deep sentiments or, or some life lesson, I'm going to read a book, right? I'm not going to listen to music. Right. right. I think you can get that from music, but for me, my disposition usually is let's put something on that can get me going, um, you know, that has a nice beat, has a nice melody, has a nice hook, and um, kind of, you know, puts me in a good mood. It is a lot about mood, you're right. Um, okay, well, I think I think I want to, maybe we can end there. What I'll do is um, I'll, I'll play us out at the end with, with the, a little bit more of that uh, Doja Cat, the song that you had requested at the beginning. Um, so I'll, I'll just blend that out. So I want to say thank you so much, Mr. X, for joining us this evening. Uh, thank you for remaining anonymous. I hope people do not recognize your voice. 
Um, that, would be a, that would be a real shame. Um, <laughs> it was a pleasure. We definitely went over what I thought we would go to. So I may or may not have to edit now. We'll see. Uh, but yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate you being here. And uh, uh, yeah, so I hope Thanks to do this again me. with you one day soon, whether we can talk about music again or we can talk about other things. I know you have other interests in your life. Uh, so it would be great to have another sit down with you or maybe your alter egos uh, if they're willing to come out of the box. So, uh, yeah, thank you so much for joining us on uh, Kayvon and Friends. Thank you. Always a pleasure. Never a chore. <laughs> I love it. And uh, here for our, our listening sounds so we can put some milk in our ears, some smooth, smooth milk is, is Doji Kitty.